Alright, welcome back to the long-lost episodes of our Synergy League podcast. I'm here with Garlic and Dylan, the Barons, and my uh, Dolphins user. How are you guys doing? Doing alright. Doing pretty good, man. Yeah. I just, I, I want to start this off. Garlic, how could you ever trade Trevor Lawrence? <laughs> alright, so... Hopping right into it. Uh, everyone knows there was a bit of a regime change at the beginning of uh, Brooklyn's new team. And Trevor Lawrence, old sunshine, did not quite get along with the new owner. But his previous owner that drafted him wanted him pretty badly. So I had to make the move. Got the first overall pick. Got my guy. Got a new team we're building. Building ground up over here, man. I'm just, I'm looking at his stats right now. I just... <laughs> I, don't, I guess I, I never really saw him play, but I don't understand how he could play bad in any situation. Those stats are so good. He, um... I, uh... Well, well I don't know, man. His stats right now look pretty <laughs> fucking rough. <laughs> and there's been some... There's been some rookie rust with uh, old Rattler, but but I, I think I got my guy. And uh, I'm not looking back. We're just looking forward. And I'm, I think I made the right move. As much flack as I might catch for it. But old, uh, Spencer Rattler is going to be our guy from here on out. Rattler was definitely the dub. Because Sam Howell, I thought I put Superstar on Sam Howell. But I guess I didn't. And I, I, Rattler had it. And that's, that's well, the way. With, with myself being an Oklahoma fan like I am, there was, there was no chance I took anybody but Rattler. Just uh, gotta say he's my guy. Eighty-six speed's nice. Ninety acceleration too. Yeah. Do you oh, ever yeah. do QB runs with him? Um, I'm a little bit more of a pocket passer when it comes to play styles, and I like the deep ball a little bit more. But it's always nice to have that option, and uh, especially throwing in a read option when you haven't ran one all game. It's always nice to have, like be able to do that. Yeah. So, does Gardner Minshew ever play? I mean, we don't have injuries on, so I, I guess he probably doesn't. No, I actually haven't gotten any plays with uh, Gardner Minshew. Um, actually, the the only quarterback that has received any snaps on Spencer Rattler is Emory Jones on a couple of fake field goals. He's got that 88 speed. And from that holder position, he hits that corner a little quicker than anybody else. So, he gets a couple snaps here and there. Yeah, he's 88 speed's nice. Can we talk about DJ Chark for a second? How is this man 97 <laughs> speed? DJ Chark has been the cornerstone of this offense. And you could argue that uh, James Robinson has, has played his part, but DJ, DJ Chark has developed wonderfully into one of the best receivers in the league. And uh, it's only 94 overall right now, but he's still only 25. Nothing but upside coming from him. Yeah, that's I can't believe that. He should be 99 speed, like honestly, if he keeps getting upgraded. I I think he'll hit it. I really do. He um with the way that I have been blessed with speed upgrades with him so far, I'm 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 inclined to believe that with five more upgrade points to go, I'm likely to get two more. Your receivers are nice. Chenault's good. Yeah. Bateman is superstar. Westbrook's fast. Seth Williams kind of fast. Um, 
Bateman is a phenomenal blocker. He actually has that old uh, honorary lineman badge. And really? He throws down, man. I had that on... Not uh, the fastest guy, but... I used it once. It's nice. I would have to run more, though. Yeah. He, um... That, that was one of the things. Is like, I, I'm not really a big running guy, but when I took over this team, it's built for a real good ground-and-pound game, so it's really hard to ignore that, and James Robinson makes it easy. So, how many carries does James Robinson get a game with 87 speed? His speed is one of those things, man, where it's like, I just kind of wish I could get one of those that I got for chart and just throw it on uh, James Robinson, but... Man still balls. He uh, He's not going to get you any breakaway touchdowns, but he's going to break some tackles. Yeah, good for short yards, for sure. Do you put in a playoff Lenny Leonard Fournette? Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. I play a lot of uh, – he actually plays a lot of fullback snaps for me and catches the ball out of the backfield a lot. Yeah, I've never really looked at this team, but it's kind of nice. Team's very nice. There are a couple holes. Offensive line, but line's not great. Paying the uh, the two the two dudes that I do have that are star on it, uh, center and left guard. I'm paying a lot more than I wish I was, but they're not bad. The uh, money's a little tight on the team, but it works. No, I like the team. C.J. Henderson's a beast. I love that man. C.J. Henderson is a monster. Not my favorite corner on the team, though. Who's that? Oh, X. Xavier yeah. Howard is rocking 16 interceptions right now. That is insane. I wonder where you got him from. <laughs> well, see, you know, another another fella in the in the podcast today had a real hankering to get Josh Allen down there in uh, Miami. So nice enough to send me X. Very appreciative of it. I'd say it was mutually beneficial. Josh Allen is uh, the better Kentucky rusher on my defense. So, I mean that Dupree and uh, Allen combo though—that's it's nasty, man. They're fast as hell. Uh, yeah, fucking uh, Dupree's got seven and a half. Josh Allen's got eleven, and we got five weeks left to go. <laughs> Not bad. Not bad at all. Let's flip gears here. Let's look at the. I want gonna switch to the dolphins are you switching locations this year so with the new regime we didn't feel miami really fit our culture anymore um we're actually going to be re- uh, moving to dublin next year and rebranding as the dublin shamrocks for the next season um we just wanted to create a brand new identity uh for our team and I, I kind of like the direction we're heading right now, so I think it'll be a good, fresh start for us. I like it. I do like it. Dublin Shamrocks. So do you start Mariota? Who do you start? So it's been, it's been an up-and-down season in Miami. Um, we started the season uh, with a very ugly game against the Ravens with a combined nine interceptions between Josh Allen, uh, Joey Gatewood and Lamar Jackson. Um, I rode, uh, Joey for the first four or so games. And then with my, uh, co GM Blake, we decided to pull him and start Mariota. Um, but 
with Mariota being 28, um, we kind of know where his ceiling is and Joey being 21 and having a better touchdown to picks ratio. Um, we've decided to give the reins back to Joey for the remainder of the year. And we're going to, we're going to ride him and we're going to see where we can get with him. And what's your record right now? And you're what? You have seven wins, eight wins. We're uh seven and four right now. Um, and I mean, like I said, all four quarterbacks on the team get playtime between Duck Hodges, Derek King, who was a starter last season, Mariota, and now Joey Gatewood, who we're hoping could become the future starter, uh, who we picked up in the seventh round of the draft. We're hoping he could be the next great late-round steal. Okay, I see what you mean. His stats aren't the greatest, but... We like to compare his uh, rookie season with uh, Peyton Manning's rookie year back in 98. Peyton didn't have the greatest rookie season of all time, but we can all look back and recognize what Peyton Manning became. Uh, and we think with the uh, the new location we're going to be playing in next year and the new staff that we're going to be potentially bringing in, uh, pinning the ending of this season, I like our outlook. Yeah, I do too. I like his physicals. That throw power is nice, and that speed at Excel, it's not bad. Yeah, build him for a season. He'll be nice. So, can't teach arm, and you can't teach speed. Yeah, that's true. That's the thing I hate about Michael, my quarterback. 80 speed, dude. Just a little faster, I wish Oof. it was. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the heart and soul of your team Lynn Bowden Jr. So, as a Kentucky boy, as you can see, we have one, two, three, um, four, five, six, seven. We've got eight total Kentucky boys on the team. Um, but right now, I'd say it's a it's a tough tie between Lynn Bowden and Josh Allen for uh, the most important of our contributors. But since you specifically asked about Lynn, Lynn plays a very special role with the team because everyone knows he is the focal point of the Miami offense. Everyone knows that whether it's Mariota, Joey, Derek, or Duck behind uh, center, Lynn will always be the first read, first option. Um, and that makes people key in on him, which can open up other targets. Uh, we got two other great backs behind him with Matt Breida and Benny Snell, um, who have both put up good stats on their own. Because uh, whenever Lynn's on the field, you got to pay attention. He threw a 93-yard touchdown earlier this season and a 70-yard touchdown earlier this season. you got to respect the man's uh, arm capabilities. He showed that in college, and he's now showing it in the pros you got to receive his ability to receive out of the backfield or rush. He's truly, in our opinion, the best Swiss Army Knife player in the league. Yeah, jack of all trades right there. Hell yeah. So have you thrown any picks with him? Because, like, I've tried that play. I run that play a lot. And whenever I run it, those balls are so airy and it's almost an instant pick every time. In, in synergy, no. Lynn Bowden actually has a perfect touchdown-to-pick ratio – uh, unfortunately, with Madden, it does not uh, register his throwing stats um, due to the fact he's not a quarterback, punter, or kicker. Those are the only positions it will record the stats. But 
Uh, no, he uh, he's thrown touchdowns to Devontae Parker and Deontay Johnson. Um, he's thrown a couple balls to Derek King and uh, Mariota out of the backfield as well. Granted, they haven't gone for scores, but he really just he can do it all, and he does it well enough to succeed. That's cool. I like that. It kind of it makes oh, yeah. me wish I had him. Like, cause that play is actually really nice. Um, so, well, I know you love your Kentucky boys, but oh, I, I just can't believe Matt Breda. He doesn't, I, I, he'd be my main guy. So when it comes to my offense, we take a lot of inspiration from the Chip Kelly Oregon days. Um, I use that as the basis of my offense and I have for honestly, uh, since that offense was brought into Madden when Kelly was hired in Philly. Um, and I still make a custom playbook to run the same scheme, same forms that he had in those playbooks. Um, Brita is always on the field with Lynn. You just never know which one's going to be in the backfield, which one's going to be out wide, or if I'm going to hit you with split backs, and you got to pay attention to both of them. Because while Lynn might be slower than Brita, Lynn can do more than Brita as he has um, uh, he has the superstar abilities to be hot routed uh, out of the backfield. So you've always got to keep your eyes on him as well with Brita. Man's got 96 speed, 93 excel. Um, yeah, yeah, gotta you really just got to pay attention to both of them. The Miami offense, in my opinion, is one of the most complete in the league outside of offensive line. Uh, this offseason, we're looking to hit the draft and free agency very heavily, reinforce the offensive line to give Gatewood and the rest of the offense another chance uh, next season for a, a shot to hopefully match the 72 record of being undefeated. That is the goal. That is the intention uh, every season. But next year, we're going to go very hard, very heavy for that. Uh, with Brita, he does have some good stats on the year, but they they could be better. Uh, we're we're also going to look into ways in the offseason how to incorporate him more into the offense. Hell yeah. So can you talk about that? Right. Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, one last part on Breida specifically. He only does have one score on the year with uh, one fumble, but he has 40 attempts, 252 yards, but he's averaging 6.3 yards a carry. That alone, that's just his rushing stats. His receiving stats are 30 catches, 385 yards, 13 yards a catch, and a, uh, another pair of scores to go with that. So Matt Breida truly is a dual threat just like Lynn Bowden is. So I like it. We've worked him into the scheme. That's sick. Now, can you, can you, can you talk a little bit about the little man on the team, Trenton Peck? the fullback trent we call him the monster um you know he's a little man but he's got a lot of heart uh he he came out of ohio and you know at five five 200 pounds for a fullback he's not ideal to make it in the league but uh, whenever he's on the field he's thrown some amazing blocks uh in shotgun when we feel we need a little bit of extra protection for the quarterback We've put him back there, and he has absolutely saved the quarterback from being murdered by a defensive lineman more than once. So uh, we're looking in again. Uh, we don't like to make a lot of changes uh, mid-season, 
But next season, we definitely want to find a way to get our fullback more involved with the offense. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. I was going to snag him, but I'm glad you got him. I'm glad you, at least you use him. I, I try to get him involved as much as I can. Dude, your receivers are nice, too. You got a couple of burners. I've got too many receivers yeah. that I can't even use. I feel that. I really do. Uh, we we are looking into making some changes. Um, I don't feel that Deontay is going to be back next season. Um, so we're going to... We're going to go all out for him this year uh, since we don't feel the figures are going to line up. But uh, d- same with Devontae Parker. So we're going to try to work our young bucks in and try to get them some uh, PT. That way they're even more prepared for what's to come next year. Yeah. Well, both of you have a really solid team, actually. I'm uh, I'm thrilled with my team. I love where it's at right now, and I love the changes that I've made so far. And uh, I'm excited about this team's future. I'd say the only real changes on offense the Dolphins need to make is uh, we need to add a more speedy tight end uh, to complement Mike Gesicki. He's just not a burner, but he fills his role well. And then we need to make some work on the offensive line. But once that's done, we're ready to roll. The tight end position might actually be my most neglected spot on uh, on my offense. Um, um, poor old Mo Ali Cox, man. He he gets it done blocking, but receiving, he's not the ideal target. It's a little worse than wear on that end, but I neglected it. I neglected it in free agency, and I neglected it uh, in the draft. Something's got to give with that this year, because another year of this man might might be the death of me. So, who do you guys genuinely feel is, like, the best team or, like, the best user in the league right now? Because right now, Broncos are 11-0, and and I'm, like, kind of shocked by that. Well, I uh, wasn't where they were. That's wild. That, that's, I mean, that's two separate questions. The best GM in the league, best team builder, uh, typically is a lot different from who's the best user. And uh, from our Super Bowl winner last year... I think that proves true when they brought a quarterback that hasn't played since 2016 and and then proceeded to win a ring with him. Uh, you know, the, the best user in the league isn't always going to be the person who puts the best roster together. Um, I would definitely say that right now the best uh, player in the league is definitely the uh, Washington football team user. Um, as, for, as for the best roster... Um, you know, uh, there's really a lot of solid teams in the league. Um, that, that's hard. The Seahawks have a very good roster. The Saints roster is amazing. I see multiple nineties. Thank you. Um, yeah, honestly, just from a very brief uh, brief overlook, I would have to lean the Saints have the best roster, but I'm going to stick with the Washington football team has the best user and coach in the league. Yeah, dude, I 
I was so shocked when I beat Shorzy. That was like... I was like high after that game. I don't even know how to describe it. I uh, I genuinely think Shorzy is definitely, I would say, the best user, the most consistent user in the league. I was uh, actually a little upset that my game with him didn't get played this year. But um, got to move on. Got to look at the future. Can't be held up by the past. So... I think, personally, I think Shores would be front runner for the next Super Bowl, but he made the trade for Sam Howell, and I did not like it. He gave up. Oh man, who did he give up? Montez gave up uh, Antonio Gibson that yeah. uh, his starting half. Antonio Gibson, Montez Sweat. It was a big trade for that third pick, or second pick. I'm not sure which one it was. Well, I mean, what's his record? Let's see if it was worth it. Shorzy seven and four. Panthers. So he's regressed a little bit from last year, but he's still on pace to make the postseason. And once you make the big dance, records don't matter. It's the one loss tournament, single elimination. Old uh, classic tale of the eighteen and zero Patriots, and the uh, I think it was eleven and five Giants at that point. Nine and seven. Uh, nine and seven, yeah. You know, I I didn't realize that the uh, Broncos were eleven or no. I need to uh, I need to investigate that a little bit. I did not realize that either. That was news to me as well. So yeah, I mean, keep an eye on that. That's one way to be successful and just kind of slide under the radar. I mean, for sure. When I did, oh, a... they actually. They've got a pretty good roster. Their, their roster is on par with the Saints roster, I'd say. I'd uh, I'd have to take a peek at it, but um, from what I mean, record don't lie. Record don't lie at all. So, uh, they're 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 pretty talented with Judy Carton Sutton, Rondale Moore, Aaron Rodgers, Phil Lindsay, Noah Fant. Rodgers is in Denver now. Okay, I did not realize that. Yeah, these uh, these Broncos are a pretty good team. The only real weak spot is the right side of their offensive line. Uh, everywhere else in the team, he appears to have made smart moves, and he, he he hides the holes on his team really well. I'd say. Not bad. Yeah, here's my second uh, pick for sleeper team this year. He's been good last year. Uh, he was just busy or something. He couldn't play all his games. But yeah, I just, I, I just realized if the playoffs start today, I'm out. That's unfortunate. Really? Who's ahead of you? I think I'm sitting. Right now, the Broncos are the one seed. The Browns are the two seed. The Bills are the three seed. The Colts are the four seed. The London Bulldogs are the five seed. The Texans are the six seed, and the Ravens are the seven seed. Which puts I'm me actually in the eight seed. I'm sitting at a cool seven and five right now. So me and Pooney are the Bulldogs. We're both tied at seven and four. Um, with the absence of the Bulldogs user, I might slide into his spot right now. But I've got a pretty heavy schedule in the year with the Bills, Browns, Bengals, Bulldogs, and the Patriots who. Gave me a, despite being one and ten, they fought me to the bitter end in our last game, and it was a scare. 
it was it was a close game. So I'm gonna have to have a very impressive ending to my season to uh, make the postseason. I'd say. Let me look at the NFC real quick. I got the NFC looks like a bloodbath right now. I gotta say, I think the AFC is better this year. Oh, most definitely. This year, the AFC definitely is going to be more competitive, and I would say is more top, uh, just more talented than the AF, uh, the NFC. The NFC, uh, I mean, it looks like it's pretty wide open out there. Where the AFC is, I mean, it's pretty set. The seven and six seed might change, but everything else looks pretty set in stone. Yeah, I've got to finish my season against the Colts, who. You got the I, Saints. That man has my the, number. You got the Saints and Lions in the NFC, and I mean, then you got a three-way tie for the third seed with three seven and four teams, and then some six and five teams. The AF, the NFC looks very open. And then again, then again, I guess the AFC looks pretty open too. You got one eleven or no team, two eight and three teams, and then four seven and four teams and a seven and five team. With uh, the Barons being, the Barons and the Dolphins are the eighth and ninth seed. Uh, so those will be your two teams to watch for in the AFC. Uh, with Indeed. the Colts, the Colts, Texans, Bulldogs, and Ravens are all at seven and four. They're all locked into the postseason right now. Despite the Dolphins having the same record, they are on the outside looking in. Uh, so actually, you know what? The playoff picture isn't as locked in as I had imagined. It's uh, it's actually pretty open in both conferences, which should make for some uh, some fun fireworks to watch here at the end of the season. I'd say. Heck yeah, I'm I'm gonna take a shot here. I think I'm more scared to play the Ravens than the Browns. I just played the Browns, and I could maybe see the Browns sneaking in the playoffs, but I feel like the Ravens is better. I think the Browns might not make the playoffs. I think that both teams are good, uh, as well as the users. Um, I've played both. I opened my season against the Ravens, and um, their offense was pretty lackluster. Um, you know, Lamar Jackson threw five interceptions, was sacked seven times. Um, unfortunately, Joey Gatewood, in his first ever start, returned the favor with seven interceptions of his own and Mariota had his own interception as well. So it's hard to win a game when you throw eight interceptions, but uh, he really, his only real target was Mark Andrews. So, you know, shut out, shut out the Ravens um, tight ends and Lamar Jackson looks pretty stoppable. As for the Browns, I played them at the end of last season and I beat them and I've got another date with them week 14 in two weeks, but uh, I'd say he's probably the better user right now um, based on the game I played against him. Perhaps. I, I don't know. I got kind of lucky against Browns. Record. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of feel like... Uh... I think the Bulldogs will slip out of the playoffs unless he joins back. Uh, 
Other than that, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be tight in the AFC. Broncos already locked in. Of course, 11-5. and five. No way he's not. I actually end my season against the Broncos, so looking forward to the competition. Yeah, I, I kind of want to see him play now. I played him the first year when he was tanking. And I, I think I beat him late in the game, but yeah. I don't know. I'm going to flip over to the AFC quick. Or NFC. I'm having some technical difficulties. I apologize if uh, your mic picked that up. Uh, but one thing I was trying to say before I started. Uh, having some difficulties was another team that we should really be paying attention to in the AFC, I would say is the Colts. Oh, the Colts give me hell every time I play them, man. They're a very good user with a very good team. Would not be uh, surprised to see him walk away with this division. You know, he's sitting at 7-4, and four, same record as me. Um, got one less loss than you. Granted, he hasn't played that game yet that you have, so... You could tie it up. He could lose, and you could both be 7-5. He could win and uh, advance to 8-4. But, uh, you know, the Colts, I think they could be a dark horse to take the AFC. I, I really do. They're they're a well-built team with a good user. They're not my favorite to win. Joe Burrow isn't really inspire a lot of confidence in me. But they've got two really good half, three good halfbacks. I'd say two great ones in Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor, and then they got Naeem Hines still. So that's three good backs. Burrow is a good enough quarterback to get the job done. That could be a real scary team if you match up with them in the postseason. I think he very well could. He plays super smart, and like I was that's usually how he. That's that's his biggest thing against me is the man doesn't make mistakes. Yeah, it's very hard to capitalize off. A user that doesn't make any mistakes. And that's critical because if you're a user that doesn't turn the ball over, you you can't make any mistakes either because if they don't make a mistake and they capitalize off of yours, now you're at a huge disadvantage. you got to get an onside kick. you got to get a, a, yep. a stop and get a punt. you gotta you got to pull something out of the hat. And if he's as good as he is on offense, on defense, you're in some real trouble. Yep. I find it shocking. He's he said that he doesn't use like a custom and he just runs like coaches suggestions. I think that's insane. I could not. Like, that is wild. I do that when the game is like done or I'm just playing like a lab game or something. I'll bring up some of my coaching suggestions. You know, sometimes coaching suggestions isn't that bad now granted i run a custom playbook and i have my own i took the time to set my coaching suggestions for how i play so they definitely work for me but when i use a stock playbook in in the game i would say coaching suggestions sometimes can be pretty helpful um i've had times in other uh leagues where you can't use customs and those coaching suggestions Sometimes they hit. They, they, they'll stop. What they do is they stop you from becoming predictable, which is a huge issue in my scheme because I'll shoehorn That's... something. Whereas with coaching suggestions, it will make you change what you're calling so you don't become predictable. So that's another benefit. 
to that user if that is what they're doing. 100%. I agree. Coaching suggestions can definitely pull you out of a rut when you're trying to get something to work that's not it's not working. And uh, pulling something out of a hat, sometimes that uh, old Coach uh, Madden. I also think it's crazy. He, uh, I mean, I guess some people still do this, but using linebackers instead of safeties at a linebacker. Like, seriously? Safety at linebackers kind of been the move. And it's absolutely the move. You have the safeties to pull it off. But um, I, w- I would say don't underestimate a good linebacker because a lot of people will look at a linebacker and go, oh, I'm going to pick on that guy because he's on the field. Well, some of them are a little more talented than you might think they are, and they're going to make a play on something you might not expect them to make a play on. All I got to say is when I when I made that switch from linebackers to safeties at sub-linebacker, oh, my God. It was so noticeable. Just a single game. Yeah. But, um, no, I, I do say that as a person that has uh, Harrison Smith manning up the middle of the field for me. The man's played the box more than any linebacker has in the game for me, and the man is phenomenal. And uh, it's definitely understandable to make that switch. But if the man uses linebackers and that's what he, he makes it work, I'd be terrified to see the man with safeties. Yeah. Apologies. Apologies, gentlemen. I had another set of technical difficulties with my PC, so we're now off the phone. Um, um, one thing I did want to ask uh, the two of you and see if you guys had an opinion is with the uh, new opening of the Panthers, what do we think is going to happen with uh, their status leading into the end of the season and the postseason? Because they were competing for a playoff spot, were they not? Um. Yeah, they're seven and four. I just filled it. That's. Um. I played that's that guy right in the mix. I played that guy in your league, actually, Notorious League. Ah, and, Ray Rice fan. Okay, so if he can beat you, I mean, that means he's at least a above average user, I'd say. So. Yeah, and dude, that Panthers team is insane. Like, and he that, actually runs the ball. That team is one of the. You know better what? Better built rosters. I would say now that you say that, while I'm still going to give you and the Broncos uh, credit for, in my opinion, building the best roster, I know that that Panthers squad has some deep talent and they have depth. So while I think you guys are more top heavy and more talented, I think that that team next season or the season following will usurp that title from y'all. Because they have it all, and they've got the depth. So even if they lose starters to free agency or trades, next man up. Biggest issue is quarterback, Jaden Daniels. Other than that. You know, that that is a concern, but um, people said the same thing when I started uh, Joey Gatewood, uh, the seventh-round pick. And, uh, you know... He's had his flashes, so if uh, the new regime in Carolina can get uh, Jaden Daniels working, that team could be scary. Or, you know, like I said, they've got enough talent on the team that they could trade some starters and acquire a new quarterback. Um, that'll be a fun team to watch this offseason to see where what direction they go. Uh, yeah, it's a good yeah. team, though. I'm interested to see the way the new... Uh... User takes him, cause Luca he just ran three three five, and like he, the team is still definitely set up for that. 
how many safeties above? Two. He has six safeties above 92 speed, or 92 speed or above. That's insane. That is definitely the fastest roster in yeah. the NFL. No doubt. Yeah, uh, across basically every skill position on that team is insane. Uh, the only, yeah, the only weakness I see on this team is their linebackers. Uh, their defensive line is two X factors, one superstar. Their entire secondary is just stupidly fast. They have a serviceable offensive line with the speed of the quarterback position for escapability. They've got Travis Kelsey and a good backup in Jonu Smith. Their wide receivers are solid uh, with Curtis Samuel, Charleston Rambo, and Anthony Schwartz. Um, and then their halfbacks is just insane. Christian McCaffrey, Antonio Gibson, Cordero Patterson, Bo Scarborough, James Cook, and Raymond Calais. Uh, that's a team... Uh, they don't have their first round pick this year, so uh, that I mean that that's a little bit unfortunate. But that team doesn't have very many holes, so they should be solid. Yeah. It, seriously, playing that team, if, if Luca just ran the ball, he'd be such a good user. But just passing you know, is so that, effective. It just it makes you wonder though, because with that stable of running backs they have, why would you not just want to play smash mouth football? Right. You've got so many backs that if one even starts to get slightly tired, sub them and keep going. But that, like I said, that offensive line is questionable. So maybe next season the offensive line's built up a bit more. And they become more of a balanced team compared to the previous user. I think that's definitely the way to go. I might try moving one of those running backs. Uh, I feel like moving one of them could definitely be the move because any of those guys that you move, you could get a pretty decent haul for. Hell, I mean, you move McCaffrey and start Antonio Gibson, who's also an X-Factor, because, mind you, that's... Two X factors, uh, whichever one you'd rather move, move them, and you get a lion's share of. Uh, you get your first back and probably an offensive lineman, if not two. So, if the Panthers uh, user is smart, there that team is that team's gonna be something next season, if not this season. Yeah. Yeah. So, who do you think's gonna clutch that first overall pick? Oh, I, I don't really pay attention to the tank commanders. Let's go take a look at the standings. Chiefs and Pats. Right, right now, I know the Pats are 1-10. Um, but he played me hard, and uh, he he was looking to beat me. So uh, I think, think the Pats could probably steal a win or two unless they commit to the, uh, the tank. Um, at this point in the season, though... I would just, I'd fold it and move on to next year. Um, the Chiefs. Wow, who would have thought that the Chiefs are one and eleven? Yeah, that that is insane. That's rough. 
Uh, originally, my pick for the first uh, first overall would have been the Steelers. It appears that the Steelers have pulled two wins out. So that pretty much all but eliminates them unless the Chiefs and Patriots start winning some games. But right now, I'd put my money on the Chiefs because the Patriots user looks like they're um, they're going to probably pull at least one more win out. And it might be against me in Week 17 when we meet for our rematch. So. Yeah, dude, I I don't like playing the guys that tank because at that point you don't like you kind of get that sense that oh this is gonna be an easy game, but it's one hundred percent false sense of security. Yeah, dude, that's exactly what happened to me. I walked into that game and I see one and nine. I'm thinking, oh, okay, this guy's not gonna be trying. And the second play of the game, he hits Matt uh, Matt Mike Gesicki. He fumbles it, and I'm thinking, okay, you know. No big deal. He marches right down the field and scores. And then he does it again. And that's when I realized, okay, this isn't... He's not going to just fall over. He's going to fight me. He's going to make me earn it. So I could definitely see him pulling another win out before this season's over. If not two. Yeah. I can't believe... Pretty much ever since I started Synergy, the Chiefs just have not had a good user. They're such a good team, too. It's always weird to see a team like that struggle with users because it's such an easy team to fill that anybody's willing to hop on it. But uh, some people just want the good team, and once they take that loss, they can't quite handle it. Yeah, that's true. You know, the interesting thing, looking through the uh, Chiefs games this year, is their sole win was against the Crusaders. Oh, never mind. I take that back. That game was not played. <laughs> that's a, uh, speaking of the Crusaders, that's a, that's a team that beat me that I thought they were, uh, they were tanking. And um, they just, they had an answer for everything in our offense, and uh, we had no answer for them on defense. They just came to play, and we did not show up. I could see the Crusaders next season being a team to um, team to compete with. I don't know. I haven't. I played them in that blessed league. I can't say I've played them yet. Yeah. He's. Uh, I know he's played a lot of Madden though. I could see him being decent. Can we talk about oh. the, the Chiefs trying to trade Tyreek Hill? The Chiefs trying to trade Tyreek Hill. And how he just, he wouldn't even give up. Like, how many times did we tell him? <laughs> no. You know, he, my my whole take on moving Tyreek Hill is, um, you know, I absolutely get it. Trading is fun. I love trading. Me and uh, Garlic, specifically, we make at least one trade a season, if not multiple, because it's just a tradition. And you know what? If we both get better, why the hell not? But Absolutely. With with the Tyreek Hill trade, it's such a difficult thing because Tyreek Hill in, in Madden is truly the – he's the most game-breaking player I've seen since Michael Vick in 2004. If you know how to properly utilize him in your scheme, you will not stop Tyreek Hill at all. Yeah. 
there's maybe and, go ahead and you know the chargers they they put up a good package i won't take that away from the chargers they they were willing to send quite a bit but the value that Tyreek Hill has is so massive that anything that you trade for him would almost be an overpay to the extent that no committee's going to approve it. Add in the fact that it was a divisional trade. Um, in my opinion, the second uh, on so you've got you got the value issue. That's one. Two becomes the issue of it's a divisional trade. And then three ties back into two. If either of those users were to leave the league. That point it becomes an issue. Right. It would be very hard to have a new user join the Chiefs and say, well, where's Tyreek? Oh, you don't have him. You got a first in Derwin James. I would laugh at you and just leave without without saying another word because Derwin James is nice. No one's ever going to take that away from Derwin. He's probably a top four DB in Madden, but again, th- we're talking Tyreek. This is the best player we've had in the game since Michael Vick in 04. So... Uh, it, it just it didn't make any sense to me. Um, maybe if the Chiefs user had been more tenured here, along with... Uh, I, I don't know very much about the Chargers, but I know the Chiefs user was new. Um, I would have been more open to the idea, but it just wasn't worth the risk to me uh, of allowing that to happen. And then something happens to the user, and now we've got a team that just becomes very hard to fill. Yeah. Yeah. uh, I've seen that happen a couple times, especially with um, other leagues. A Ravens user moved Lamar Jackson for an entire package and then went AWOL and missed the draft and didn't draft a replacement quarterback. And next thing you know, the the Ravens are rocking with a 70 overall quarterback and they become very 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 hard to fill at that point so yeah 100 percent. and i mean at the end of the day that that's just the issue we gotta as, as a trade committee our main purpose is to make sure that every single team gets proper value but not only that uh you know sometimes things happen life happens and you've got to leave a league because life's more important but just because you leave doesn't mean the league stops. The admins yep. have to refill that team. So we have to make sure as a committee we maintain that team would be desirable um, should the worst happen and a user does have to leave, they get booted, whatever happens. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. Totally I, fair point. I did feel bad, like, denying him so many times. Because, honestly, in some aspects, that, that trade was fair. But at the same time, like said... I will say it wasn't an awful offer. I didn't. My biggest thing with the trade is that it was interdivisional. I, I don't like to see a lot of interdivisional trading. It's very odd, especially players of that caliber. But, um... 
the offer wasn't bad, but as uh, as Dylan said, uh, Tyreek's value is just almost priceless. You know, uh, just to bring some real-life uh, perspective into it, like he said, um, the uh, there's, there's three trades I can count just involving the AFC North and the Steelers specifically. Um, I recall the Steelers and Ravens made a trade this past offseason uh, for Chris Wormley. So in Madden, Chris Wormley is a... 70 overall defensive lineman. Not very, not anything special. And it was for like a fifth or sixth round pick. Before that, the Steelers traded Sammy Coates to the Browns for a fifth round pick. Sammy Coates was a high 60s, low 70s receiver. And then uh, prior to that, the Steelers had acquired Justin Gilbert from the Browns, who was a draft bust cornerback. For anyone that doesn't remember the name, Justin oh, Gilbert. good old Justin Gilbert. Yeah. That, and remember, Justin, a, Gilbert, Justin Gilbert was the seventh overall pick in the NFL draft, and I believe as an Oklahoma Sooners fan, I remember Justin Gilbert very well. Oh, excuse me, he was picked with the eighth pick the same year that Manziel was brought in. Uh, three short years later, he was shipped out for a seventh round pick to a divisional uh, rival. Um, so. I'm perfectly okay with division rivals trading, but remember, this is Justin Gilbert, a draft bust corner, Sammy Coates, a low 70s, high 60s receiver, and Chris Wormley, a 70 overall defensive lineman. This is not Tyreek Hill, Derwin James. Yeah, there's, um, can't say a lot of players that I've ever seen of that caliber move in a division. Hell, you typically just don't see players this caliber move. The last time you saw a player remotely that caliber uh, moved would have been um, Antonio Brown traded to the Raiders. That's the last time you saw a player uh, in real life that that caliber moved. Yeah. And when you add the Madden aspect to it, Antonio Brown is nowhere near Tyreek Hill in the game. Tyreek Hill is in his own special category. Terry Kills in that Randy Moss category. Randy Moss, Chris Johnson, Bo Jackson, Michael Vick. You know, he's just yeah. he's in that category that I mean, he's just so special in the game that any trade for him is gonna be difficult. I will never say a player is unable to be traded or you can't trade to a certain team, meaning division rivals. But it's going to be very hard to justify it to me to where I will feel comfortable accepting it considering the risks of users leaving, being kicked, whatever. Because I always have yeah. to think about the long term when I'm approving a trade. Yeah. It's a very fair point. I um, I don't hate the, the idea of moving Tyreek because going for a the, – the bag that you could get for that player is – Huge, and the return on investment could be great, but like you said, thinking about the future and thinking about different users down the line that might have to come across that team changes the whole aspect. And, I um, mean, yeah, the, pretty much at the end of the day, I guess, the I don't want to keep beating a dead horse. Um, I At the end of it, I would just say uh, when it comes to the committee as a whole, uh, 
our job is to protect the integrity of a team and the uh, ability to refill said team. Um, my personal take on it just came down to, you know, the user was new. Granted, I, I know the user from previous Maddens, so I don't think he's a hazard, but he's new to this league. He could have left because he didn't like the rules or whatever. Uh, and then all the other things we've already listed. So that's yeah. where I stand. I, I, I don't think we should really beat this horse anymore unless you guys have something else to add. No. So I have one more kind of little topic here and then probably end this. Let's, all right. I'm, I'm looking at the MVP race right now. Who do you think is going to come up on top? Lynn Bowden. Where's he at? <laughs> He's at five. That's actually not bad. And imagine if they counted, uh, yeah, imagine if they counted uh, throwing stats. I'm not currently looking at the standings. Um, What is he, do I even have a horse in this race? I don't believe I do. No, you do not. Right now, the the MVP standings is Herbert, Fields, John Emery, Sam Howell, Lynn Bowden, Journey Brown, Deshaun Watson, Raheem Mostert, Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. Damn. I can't believe John. I wouldn't be shocked to see. John Emery gave me fits this year. I played the Texans twice already, and that was just. John Emery is a very, very good football player. Leave it at that. As for you specifically, though, uh, Spencer Rattler is second in the AFC for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Your problem is you are behind John Emery, so you're going to need to ball out with Rattler. Um, yeah, I'd have to play perfectly. Uh, it'd be very hard to pass him at this point. That's crazy. The one I'm completely focused on at this point, though, has got to be um, defensive player of the year and defensive back of the year. Xavier is currently leading uh, number one DB. And then you get C.J. Henderson at three. So, my cornerbacks have played very, very well this year. I'm more than happy with how they, um, how I've been able to use them and how I've been able to fit them in. So, I'd be thrilled to see either of them get it. But I know that the original question was the MVP. Um, my half-serious answer would be I do think that Lynn Bowden could. It's going to really depend on how um, I personally finish these last couple weeks of the season. But without being uh, on a biased slant for myself, I guess uh, my other take would be I'm going to say Sam Howell of Washington or John Emery. Because while Justin Herbert is first right now, he's on the 5-6 and six Chargers. I've never seen a player on a losing team win the MVP. Uh, I really don't want that to change right now. Uh, I don't think that uh, a player on a losing team should even be remotely considered for MVP. So um, right now I would say Howell, Emery, Bowden, Fields would be my projections on uh, I how, wouldn't be surprised how this to see is how gonna it. wrap up. Howell's currently in fourth uh, behind Herbert, Fields, and Emery, but I think that Washington 
is going to put some work in to wrap the season up. And um, I would not be shocked to see him win. Personally, yeah, I don't want to see Justin Herbert win. I would be shocked to see Herbert actually walk away from it. He's a favorite right now. Um, really, really, really good at moving the ball down the field, but he also makes a lot of mistakes. He's caused games. Um, be very shocked to see him actually win it. Hey, that sounds like a certain quarterback from Clemson that used to play for the Barons. <laughs> I I can I can attest to that. Very, very good saw, arm. Very, very talented arm. I saw it firsthand. He, uh, circling back around to where we started this conversation, Trevor Lawrence is, uh, I, I'm glad his talents are being utilized elsewhere. At Certainly had a love hate relationship with that man. At the end of the day, if, um, Sorry, I uh, got a little distracted there. At the end of the day, you know, both teams made a move for quarterbacks. They felt fit their system. Uh, it appears to have worked out for you at the very least. You are in the playoff hunt right now. Uh, better than you did last season with Lawrence at the helm. Uh, I don't know quite how Lawrence uh, is doing with his new team. Haven't paid much attention to that, but at least Less on your end. Well... That sounds unfortunate for Atlanta then, but at least on your end, the deal worked out. Um, I guess that's uh, all that matters really from your perspective. So, Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I have no complaints with the way the trade went down, but um, happy where I'm at now. Yeah. All right, y- y'all got anything else to say before we end this? Uh, before we end, I just got to say, Lynn Bowden's the uh, best player in the NFL. Um, Marcus Mariota is the second best player, and um, that's it. I will uh, leave my final thoughts as X-Man for old uh, DPOI. Alrighty, I guess I'll say, uh, I don't know, Elvin Kamara's a goat. <laughs> 